0: Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo. Welcome back to the channel. I have been on a roll with these interviews and I'm so excited because my guest for today is the current Coastal Women's Wrestling Champion. She is also the current Capital Championship Wrestling Champion. She is the mother effing King, Kylan
1: King. What's up Kylan? What's up? (laughs) You just got all the gold girl. I'm trying man 2022 (laughs) is it's it's, I've got a lot of big goals for this year so we started we ended 2021 really really strong with with the capital title and we started off with the coastal title so it's hopefully it's up from here.
0: I feel like you're absolutely killing it. Like, when I was thinking of who I wanted to talk to and who I really wanted to get inside the mind of, immediately I was like, I got to reach out to Kylan because I think that you're somebody that is legitimately on the precipice of really just going from like, and from this level where you are now to like a whole other level. I really feel like 2022 is going to be such a good year for you. I mean, you talk about winning gold already. You know, we're only 20. Twenty days into this month you're winning gold left and right you're traveling everywhere working in a bunch of different places appearing on AEW dark consistently I mean it's been kind of an insane you know little ride for you in the last couple of years Uh, can you kind of talk about uh how you're feeling just kind of going off of
1: all of that honestly like I think during the whole process especially since COVID started the whole process, like it was kind of like this whole idea of just keeping my head down and hoping that whatever I'm doing is is correct and the right way and it'll pay off. And I think now just these past few weeks, it's finally hitting me like, yo, everything that you did the last two years, people are paying attention. They're noticing and they're, they're, uh, they're taking action and they're bringing you in and they want you a part of their promotions. And it's really cool to know that all of that is accumulating to this because like, I I could tell you like three years ago, I was lucky if I knew if I was going to wrestle next week. And now I know where I'm wrestling in the next like four or five months. It's crazy. Like, I love that so much. So it's definitely been a it's been a whirlwind for sure. But the reward has been very much worth it because I've got some really cool matchups coming up this year. And I'm I'm excited to uh, not only just to have them, but to learn and grow from them as well
0: exactly and so like what does your schedule look like right now like walk us through the week like what is the what is the, what is the what is the week in the life of Kylin look like
1: oh gosh so um currently like most wrestlers uh especially if they're on the indies they usually have a shoot job um pre-covid i did have multiple shoot jobs now thankfully i've been trying the whole living off wrestling strictly um so monday through friday it's pretty much uh wake up, plan all the food, go to the gym, train as much as I can, wait until the boyfriend gets home. And then we go to the ring and we train there for about anywhere from like five o'clock or six o'clock to like 10, 10, 11 at night. And then we go to sleep, wake up and do it all over again. And then Friday or Saturdays, I usually end up flying out and then I get home around Monday and do it all over again. So it's really, really cool.
0: And I feel like even that within itself is you talk about having these shoot jobs prior to uh, 2020, and now it's like you're devoting yourself entirely to wrestling. And so I think like even that within itself, it's such a huge accomplishment because it's not something that everybody can go ahead and achieve. You know, how many people don't you know that still got to work the shoot jobs because they can't, yeah. you don't necessarily afford to do wrestling uh,
1: for a living. So that's honestly something to be proud of for sure. It's really cool now that I've been able to commit myself. A full time kind to of wrestling. I've noticed that like my commitment to looking for smaller details is a lot more prominent. Um, and what I mean by that is, if I have a matchup coming up with somebody, finding the story there, as opposed to just like waiting until the day of showing up and having a match. Like I have more time to to like study people who are out in the in the business right now that I'm probably gonna have a chance to wrestle and see how I can connect with them down the line, or how I connect with them now. Um, and just create those stories because I I'm a huge believer that I want I want my name to be like affiliated in wrestling history not just on bigger companies but everywhere I want there to be a lots of history and a lot of stories and and like factions or rivalries that connect here and there all over the world you know and I think now that I'm able to focus on that more there's a lot more time to focus on that and really bring that to life and that's been very very cool.
0: I love that and I think that only makes you a better worker a smarter worker and also just like better like overall in general as a professional wrestler which is really cool so obviously you know right now Kylan we're kind of talking about the uh, rewards that you know your hard work has sort of you know uh, reaped within the last couple of months or so but I do kind of want to take a step back and kind of rewind a little bit and kind of figure out like how you got from point a to point b now I know that you are a very well rounded and individual. I know that you grew up a wrestling fan. So I kind of want to get an idea of where you went from, Hey, I'm a wrestling fan to I'm going to pursue this for an actual living.
1: Yeah. So, um, growing up, I watched wrestling with my brothers. Uh, majority of the time we like the, or for the first few years that we watched it, like nobody really paid any mind. And then one day my mom walked in like during one of the attitude era scenes, saw something she really didn't like and was like, what are you watching? Like told us we couldn't watch anymore. So we kind of sneaked it here and there. And I always wanted to do it, but I knew my family wasn't a big, or my parents weren't big fans of it. So I kind of steered clear of it and kind of did other things, went to college and stuff like that. And then uh, I started watching it a little bit more uh, consistently again, when I got, I want to say somewhere between 18 and 19. And I just stayed on. I just kept watching, kept watching. And then finally it just got to one point where I was just watching a feud happening and I had so much anxiety over the idea that I would never be a part of that. And I, I said, no, I said, that can't be my fate. I said, I love this stuff. I love the stories. I love the feuds. I love not just the moves, but like the things that are told in between all the moves. I said, I love every single part of that. And the idea of not being a part of that just gives me so much, so much stress. So Uh, I want to say, Ooh, what year was it? 2013, 2014. I think it was 2014. I finally uh, left college, um, started working multiple jobs. I have been training in a style called Kwame Karate, um, which is a facet of different styles of fighting. So, uh, I kept training there to keep my fighting alive. And then I would like go on YouTube and look up wrestling drills and try to recreate them on our little pads in our dojo. Mm -hmm. Uh, so did that worked multiple jobs and then finally saved up with my brothers and moved to Florida around 2016. Started my wrestling journey then. And, uh, it's, it's been crazy since then. I, I say in my interviews a lot that I feel like fate was a big part of my journey because every, like the moment I made the decision to, to live for what I wanted as opposed to the future. I thought other people wanted for me, things just started happening. So, uh, Being able to move to Florida didn't look possible. I couldn't afford it. And then two of my brothers wanted to join me on the journey. We get to Florida. I meet some random dude at the gym who trains at Team 3D Academy, which is where I ended up training. Uh, I get in his car, which, you know, you shouldn't do. Don't even know somebody. Don't get in their car. (laughs) But he said, hey, I can take you in next week so you can meet Bubba and Devon and stuff like that. And we can see if we can get you started. And so I went, okay, got in this guy's car (laughs) Drove over there, met them. Couldn't really afford it at the time. A few weeks later, I get an email saying like, hey, we're having a deal. You can put this much down. You have the whole year free. I went, huh, I think I can afford that. Okay, cool. Put that down. About six months into my training, Billy Gunn shows up, um, and he becomes one of the trainers at our school. And I immediately bonded with him, his wife, his, his sons. And uh, we kind of kind of went on our own ways for a little bit, started doing the indies having my own journey and then I was building myself up and then right when I was about to get some bigger matches that would get me a little bit more attention COVID happens and I'm like oh all right cool I guess this isn't gonna happen and then as soon as I say that move across Florida in with my boyfriend, and uh just try to go back into the whole survive life instinct I get a text from Billy Gunn saying like hey um we figure out get a test come to AEW I want them to see you and I'm like Okay, I get myself there. And then the rest is history, you know, so it's just like, there's a lot of little things that just happened on the journey. Like I had to do all the work, obviously, but like, every single time there was a roadblock, the world, the universe just went nah, bro, <laughs> and just <laughs> cleared away and was like, No, keep going. This is meant for you. So ever, ever since my journey has started, like, that has always been a testament to me, like, the fact that it's just meant to be.
0: I love that because I got that right away when you were starting to talk about how you kind of you know started being off a fan you kind of took a little break from that came back and you started to feel this you know immense you know this connection with hey this is something that I need to do and I think that a lot of times you know us as humans we have this thing in back of our mind that's like you got to do this you got to do this but you're kind of hesitant because you're not really sure what kind of life you're supposed to live you feel like you kind of got to do with the people before you did and oh maybe this is a little bit too crazy etc so I I kind of feel like that 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 within itself is such a big risk to say, hey, I'm going to go and pursue a life as a professional wrestler, because that's obviously not something that, you know, everyone down the street is talking about in the neighborhood. Hey, we're going to become wrestlers, et cetera. So when you finally did make this decision, you mentioned that your parents were, you know, really all that crazy about pro wrestling. So how did they what was their reaction to all of that?
1: They. My dad was kind of in between. My mom was was not happy about it, but I think at the time I thought she was just being mean to me, but I honestly think it was just she was scared for my future. You know, of course. because it's not it's not an easy journey. It's very physically tolling. Like I can't tell you how many injuries I've had that I've had to rehab myself because <laughs> we. We don't have great medical insurance, guys. Uh <laughs> we don't. <laughs> so no. Uh so like it's I think she was more scared because we had like had this roadmap of what my future was gonna be. And then all of a sudden I just went Rah! and changed everything. Um, but she's she's very proud of me. Like I've I've seen I I don't get to visit my family very often because of the hectic schedule that wrestling demands of you, but the last few times I've gotten to see her you can tell like she's at peace with it now. Like she's very happy for me and she's proud of me. Um, And that in itself is another thing that's very rewarding because like, and again, keeping your head down, just doing the work, not knowing where it's going to go. And then kind of having that moment where it's like, she used to feel this way about it, but now she feels this way about it. I'm like, that's really cool. Because like 20-some years ago, her idea of wrestling was she hated it. She thought it was terrible. She thought it was not something her kids should be watching. And (laughs) now- She's got a daughter doing it and she can say like hey look at my my daughter she kicks ass all the time it's great. I think that's really cool. It's a it's a kind of a cool journey of how perceptions have changed and all that so
0: I feel like you're, I feel like the one thing that I think like, trying to think of like a mother's perspective, like I cannot blame you know, your mom or like even my mom was very hesitant about pro wrestling. You can't blame them because you know, what you were seeing in the attitude era was very, you know outlandish, especially when it came to women and all of that. So you're thinking Mm -hmm. like, oh, is my daughter going to go be out there and be like in a bikini doing like a broad panties match or
1: whatever? (laughs) No, (laughs) it's an art form. For me, like I just wanted to be like stone cold. I just wanted to like drink beer and slam a bunch of people and smash their faces and that was me that was what I loved I was like yeah no I love that because I had five brothers growing up so like we and I don't say this to like red flag or anything but we would beat the crap out of each other all the time growing up you know especially since we were wrestling fans and we loved like we would play any sport we could get our hands on that our parents would allow us to do so we were very physical children like we beat the crap out of each other all the time so I naturally just like to me that's playtime. And then obviously like I got older, I did martial arts and then martial arts finally led to that so or to wrestling. So I'm like, let's think about this guys. You raised me in a house full of five boys. This is what we did for our past. And were you, are you really surprised that this ended up becoming my profession? Like, come on.
0: <laughs> it's destiny. It really is destiny when you go back and you look at that. Like, what are the chances that, hey, you have five brothers and obviously, you know, boys are going to be boys and they're going to rough house. And, you know, you being the girl, were you the youngest yeah. middle child? Where were you the at youngest. in that? The youngest. The youngest. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be trying to fit in with these boys. So what do you got to do? You gotta, You got to kind of get on their level.
1: Yep. And I was the smallest. So anytime like they would watch something on TV and be like, Oh, I think I could do that. I was the body that they would use to pick up. Like we would literally watch wrestling. As soon as it was over, we turn off the TV, collect anything that had padding in, in the house, pillows, blankets, mattresses, whatever. And we would take it in our living room. Of course, the parents are not home at this time. <laughs> we would put it in the living room. We would create our own ring. I use quotation marks very heavily there. Uh, and we would just beat the crap out of each other. That's that was our pastime. So, yeah,
0: I <laughs> that love that you were like the test dummy for like everybody. Oh, You're yeah. like, hey, let's try this move on. Let's do it on Kylan. <laughs> that is so oh, phenomenal. Yeah. What do your brothers think about this now? Like, kind of seeing that it. you ended up turning it into a career.
1: They love it. They actually, uh, two of my brothers, uh, Mitchell and Lucas. They actually, there was a small period of time where they were going to do it with me. We were going to start our own like family faction because uh, they are both ex-military. My brother Lucas was used to be in the Air Force. My brother Mitchell was in the Marines. So we were going to start like a family faction. It was going to be very military themed. Uh, but unfortunately, like once they got out of the military, their bodies were very much changed. So when we started doing the training for it, they were like, we're here for you. They're like, but we don't think we can do it. And I, I my heart was broken. I was like, oh, that would have been so cool. But at the same time, like, I think that also gave me even more fire to just, to do it for them as well. You know what I mean? So. And it was
0: also like your journey, the journey you were meant to go on, which kind of adds this extra layer of, you know, destiny of this was meant for you to go out and pursue this. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, you go into, uh, you know, Team 3D Academy, you start working. I kind of want to talk a little bit about that because uh, I'm assuming and this is just from an outsider's perspective. I'm assuming that it's not you know easy to go into wrestling school, especially being a woman. And I'm assuming there weren't very many women in your school. I don't know. Maybe you can talk about that. What was it like your first day, your first couple of weeks? And what was it? What was wrestling training what you expected it to be?
1: Trying kind of, like think of a way to answer all those questions at once. <laughs> there were more women at the school when I got there than there usually are. I think there's a lot more women now that I'm like, like now it's, it's called Devon Dudley's or Devon Dudley Academy. Uh, Him and Bubba runs a school somewhere else and then Devon runs the school in Orlando. Um, When I was there, like I said, when I was there, I remember they told me like, hey, this is like the most girls we've ever had. I think there was about four, or five of us, including. Wow. Myself. Okay, yeah. that's not bad um, at all. Granted, there was way more boys. Yeah, of but, course. Uh, <laughs> but uh, considering like that was a lot for them at the time. Um, the first couple weeks, so to describe, this is the old location where I trained at originally. It was a little room in the back of an old school iron gym in Kissimmee, Florida that had no AC, just one ring a little area to work out in and a little locker room to put all your stuff in. Not a lot of space, but it was just the right amount of what we needed. Uh, We had two big fans to keep the ring dry and that was it. You didn't even have to like barely move to start sweating. It was so hot. And I started training. I think it was like July, August. So it was like right in the heat of summer. Oh God! Yeah. So it was, it was crazy. I lost like 16 pounds in less than a month. Uh, because, like, the way to there, – there are some places, unfortunately, that uh, they train you for a couple months, and then they say, all right, go out and do shows. No. Uh, Devon and Bubba and their trainer there, Dan uh, and John Cruz, they put us through a rigorous system. You You had to train for, like, six months in beginner's class before you could even start taking – what they call the evaluation to get into advanced classes where you put matches together and learn psychology and how to tell stories and stuff like that. And then even after you get into that class, you have to wait like another certain amount of time and you have to get cleared before you can do shows. You have to just keep sending the matches, whether they're there or not. uh, So they can see your growth. And then when they say, okay, you're good, you're good to go. That's when you start going to get booked. So I was there for almost a year and a half, two years before I ever did my first show. Um, but the like I said, the amount of training they put you through was crazy. It, even to this day, I'm I'm definitely not as in good of shape cardio-wise as I was when I was in training. But because of the amount of stuff that they put us through, doesn't matter whether I'm having an eight-minute match or a 20-minute match, I can get through it because of the way they trained us. Because it was it was like you would do drills and then in the middle of the drill, you would run in the ring and you would start wrestling and then you'd come back out and you'd do more drills, and then you get back in the ring. And you have to keep in mind, no AC. So you can't like breathe this whole time. And it's crazy. And, and not only are you doing cardio drills, but all of a sudden, like, you'll be lifting weights and like, doing cardio drills while you're holding the weights and stuff like that. So it was just the most honestly, if I went from the training we did there, and I had to go into the military, I'd probably be overly prepared for that. That's wow, crazy. The training was Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember there were some, there were some drills that I I would take to the gym with me and I would try to get like my friends to do it. And they're like, you're crazy. You do this stuff every day. And I'm like, yeah, because we were at the school probably like three, four days a week. And we would be there anywhere from noon until like nine o'clock at night. So it was just, it was the craziest. I still to this day have no idea how I got through all of that. There were, there were times where I'd be like in the middle of a drill and I would like stop and I'd be like, I don't know if I can do this. And then, of course, you know, when you're in the middle of drills, all of the other students will hype you up. You're like, no, 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 you've got this. You've got this because um, they're very big on uh, camaraderie there. And uh, there was just like this little voice in my head it said, think all the uh, all the sacrifices you made to get here. You're really going to blow that just because you don't feel like doing this drill. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, all right, screw it. And I would keep going <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. Yeah. And then just. I think the biggest thing I took away from that is not only the physicality that they helped you achieve, but the psychology, like I go back and I look at my first few matches and they're not great, but they're a lot better than they could have been considering they were my first few matches because before they released you out into the world, they really prepare you for that. And that's one of the biggest things I'll always be grateful for.
0: And I think it just goes to show like the incredible, like willpower that a person can have to go through something like that. Like I'm listening to you talk about it and visualizing it. And I'm like, hell no, I probably (laughs) would have given up the first day when I found out there was no AC in the building. That would have been it. But so Kylan, like, you know, you mentioned all of this. And so on January 14th, you put out this tweet and I kind of want to, you know, read it to you and kind of, you know, talk about it a little bit because you said, quote, uh, I've rented homes. Uh, I've rented rooms in homes of complete strangers, worked a stupid amount of jobs, self-rehab, two different injuries. Some days I didn't eat and came very close to being homeless. Can you kind of talk about this a little bit? Because I just feel like obviously going through something like that where you a don't have enough money to eat and you are on the verge of, you know, being homeless and you're going on top of this, you know, physical demanding world and also a competitive world where it's so easy to beat yourself down and you know get your motivations down it's so easy to go from you know the mountaintop all the way smack down to the ground so I do want to ask you about that and how you sort of overcame that
1: yeah absolutely um so when I first started wrestling training uh when we first moved to Florida unfortunately there was a couple circumstances where the amount that we had saved ended up getting depleted very quickly just because you know fees here fees there that we weren't prepared for um so when we first started we had maybe five hundred dollars to our name and no jobs so we had we had just put deposit down on our our rental home like we were just like all right let's let's hope we get a job and we can pay our rent next month uh and then from then on in like we always like barely made it by Um, i was lucky if i had 50 cents in my bank account before payday uh, for about two or three years, I lived off of Dollar Tree food. And sometimes not even that, like it was like, I would buy, I used to buy like those, those fudge graham cookies, because they would fill you up so much. So like I would go to Dollar Tree and I would get the foods that like, they weren't necessarily great for you, but they were very filling. So you could get away with just eating a little bit here and there, stupid things like that. Um, I used to always be really excited when, when Dollar Tree would have the Jenny O burger patties. <laughs> And there. I, I know like, what oh, you're talking all right. about. <laughs> we're going to have some nice protein this week. Like I would like stock up on those. I get like five or six of those. Um, yeah. And, and then like I used to walk everywhere. So, uh, when we first moved, we had a car and then we couldn't keep payments up with it. So we eventually had to get rid of it. And, uh, I would, I would walk like, so my job at the time was about 20 minutes away from where I lived. So I would walk about halfway there then get an Uber so the price was like way lower. Or, you know, if I if I was able to catch it, I'd catch a bus. Cause like the area that we lived in, you had to catch like four different buses just to get 20 minutes across town. Like it was crazy. Um so things like that. And then there was one time where it's like I couldn't even afford Ubers anymore. So I would take a bus to work, leave workout clothes in my locker, and then I would run like nine, 10 miles home.
0: Oh, and then my I would goodness. wake up and
1: I would do it all over again. Yeah. So I would I would come into training on days after that. And my coach would look at me and he'd be like, you had to run home from work. Didn't you? I'm like, yeah, I was like, I did. You can tell. Can't you? He's like, yeah. He's like the way you're doing drills you can tell. I was like, all right, cool. Um, yeah. And then there, like, it got to a point where I was working, I think two, I say two and a half because like one of the jobs i only worked there one day a week. It just, it paid better, but it was like, they only needed you one day a week. So I worked like three jobs. And then there were, there were days where, I wouldn't have time to go to sleep and I would have to go straight to training. And then, uh, for a while I was bouncing around living in homes with friends. And then eventually it got to the point where I was so broke that I was risking ruining some friendships because of it. So, um, at the time I was working at Cracker Barrel and one of the guys that I worked with was like, Hey, I know you're looking for a place to stay. Like this was right when I was about to be like, all right, I'm about to go to a homeless shelter because I'm not doing this to any of my friends. And, uh, Thankfully he, he, some somebody told him and him and I got along really well. The guy that I worked with at Cracker Barrel and uh, he's like, I know this lady, she's kind of weird, but she really needs a roommate to help her with the house and stuff like that. And he's like, so you, if you can give her this much, she'll let you stay there for that much a month. And I was like, okay. So I moved in with this lady, never met her before in my life. She was, in, she was a little cuckoo. Like it was very uncomfortable. Um, I literally just went home to sleep and that was it. And then that was right around the time. How long were you there for with her?
0: About a year. Oh, wow. That was that. like, even yeah. though it probably wasn't like the best of like living conditions, it's, it's kind yeah. of like a blessing when you really needed it oh, the yeah. most.
1: Yeah. Like, like I look, I look at it now and I'm like, what a, what a weird situation. But at the time, like I was just grateful to have a roof over my head um, because like I, I like a week before this guy came up to me and, and said like, Hey, I think I found a place for you to live. I was at home at night, sitting in my bed, stressing and crying, thinking I'm not going to run home to my parents, but I think I'm about to have to go, you know, do the damn thing and, and claim myself homeless and all that stuff. So it was a very scary situation. And then like literally at the last second, uh, my buddy reached out to me and said, Hey, I have a place for you to stay. Um, and I, and this lady was very like, as weird as she was, she was very kind. She didn't make me pay like anything for this room because like, it was just a small part of the house, but, uh, I lived there. I helped her keep the house clean. So it was, it was a little bit of that. But then right around that time, I finally, like the other, the other struggle too, was when I started wrestling, sometimes you will meet wrestlers who are very passionate, but because they have certain financial situations that they can't dismiss they end up having to work their shoot jobs straight. Like there's no, there's no excuse. There's no like, Oh, I'm a wrestler. I can't, I can't work these days. Like they end up having to not get those opportunities because of that. I was very adamant that I was not going to be that way. I said, wrestling is the main goal. It's 24 seven. I said, these jobs are to work around that. And I, I lost a lot of jobs because of that. And, and I'm sure at the time, the managers and the people that I was trying to work for just looked at me like, she obviously doesn't want to take, this seriously but for me it's like I was taking the true goal serious I was taking wrestling serious. This was just so I could pay for wrestling and still have a home. Um, so I, I had a very hard time keeping jobs because of that or or like I said the jobs would only hire me to work like one or two days a week so it really wasn't much money to live off of. Uh, so finally when I moved in with this with this lady I found a job at the Orlando airport that was overnight it was Sunday through Friday it was perfect. I could still, it was not an easy schedule to keep because I was there from like eight o'clock at night to like seven or eight o'clock in the morning. And then I would hop on a bus, leave the airport, go to the gym, work out for like two hours, go home, sleep for another two hours, wake up, get some food in me, and then go back to work and do it all over again. And then Friday, I would hop in some random person's car. Like, that's the other thing about wrestling is sometimes if you don't have a car or you don't have a lot of money, you have to make friends with people really fast because you just have to hop in <laughs> yeah. a lot of people's cars. It's it's crazy. But uh. Yeah, so on Friday, Friday morning, I get off my last shift, I go home, shower, put my bag together, hop in somebody's car, drive around all weekend, and then Sunday night, come home and go back to work and do it all over again. So that was pretty much my life for the last year and a half before COVID happened. And I honestly, to this day, don't know how I did all of it. It honestly was just, as I stated earlier, keeping your head down and saying, this is going to be the reality. This is going to happen. This is not a a dream. This is this is going to be my life. Um And maybe I didn't always make the best decisions because obviously like I was in a financial hole quite a few times, but it was somewhat worth it because now we're getting to a place where I can start hopefully living off of wrestling purely and people are interested and care about what I'm doing. And that's great because that was always the goal. I wanted to just, you know, work my ass off and get people's attention and start making history and doing some really, really cool things in wrestling. And I think we're finally getting there. So.
0: I love that. I could listen to you talk about this forever, honestly, because as you're talking about this, I'm literally visualizing it all. And it's also one of those things where I, you know, I totally get, you know, the decisions that you have to make. And it's like, you've come this far for you all of a sudden to be like, oh, I'm going to miss out on this opportunity because my job that I don't even care about, but it's just here for the bills is, you know, offering me this, et cetera. All right. So we're, you know, talking about everything that you've done that you did during that time after uh, finishing training and, you know, kind of this. Period before heading into AEW, so let's talk about that because when COVID hit, everybody—it doesn't matter what phase of your life you were in, it doesn't matter what age you are. I mean, like five-year-olds' lives were changing, everybody's lives were changing. So you know, for you, and you're starting to think maybe at this point, like, dang, all my opportunities are going to be gone because there's no shows, etc. And then this opportunity to come out on AEW Dark—I believe it was around the springtime—where you started appearing on AEW Dark in. A- 2020 and since then you literally had matches with i mean so many people ty conti thunder rosa serena Deeb. i mean i think you've pretty much worked with every single uh, woman there
1: yeah Yeah, almost everybody
0: let's talk about how um how that experience has been like for you and what how it's also benefited you in your career and how that sort of changed your uh you know trying to change your route your your journey in wrestling
1: uh yeah it's Before AEW, people thought there was only one option in wrestling. And now the whole wrestling world has completely opened up. Like, forget about me. Like, there's just so many people that are getting so many amazing opportunities. And even just one appearance on AEW just opens up so many avenues for their career. And honestly, that's what AEW did for me. Like, there's a lot of frustrated people out there that are like, I don't understand why she's not signed. And it's like, I, I appreciate the love and the passion behind what I'm doing. But even if a contract is never in the picture, I will forever be grateful for every opportunity that I got with AEW because nothing that I'm doing now would, would probably be possible without them. I mean, I met Thunder through AEW and because I met Thunder, I, I became one of the mainstays at Mission Pro and now I have some of my most favorite matches with Mission Pro and they've just helped me grow not only as a wrestler, but as a woman so much. So there's a lot of crazy things that AEW has allowed me to do and like, Going back and looking at my work before AEW, so much has changed about the way I approach my style in the ring, like not only just like the way I make an entrance, but the way I throw my strikes, the way I, I, I act after a spot is finished, the way I, (laughs) there's just so many things that have changed. Like even just the way I run the ropes or the way I, I, I release somebody when I it. like just attitude, style, intensity, there's so many things. And I owe that all to, to AEW and to all the coaches there and and other wrestlers there who helped me while I was there who gave a crap about me. Um, and the fact that they, they kept bringing me back and they trusted me with so many amazing matches and opponents was great. Like, I remember uh, I had never wrestled somebody who couldn't speak English before. And that's something I learned how to do at AEW. And it was very scary, but they trust me to do it. And because of that, that's something that I can handle now, they put me in a lot of scenarios that I had never been in before. And I don't know why they trusted me, but they <laughs> did. And now I can say, like, if I go into a match like that, again, I can say like, hey, this is what I did last time, it ended up working out for me, let's, let's try this approach. And, and it's very, very helpful. Um, And like I said, like, So many avenues opened up. I I got to be a part of All Out. I got to do NWA Empower. Like, I got to have so many really cool opportunities, and that's all owed to AEW. And again, mission pro, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I remember there was a couple of weeks uh, consistently where I'm, you know, I'm watching the AW product. I'm, I am I think I was watching Dynamite or something uh, or Rampage, whatever, one of those shows, right? And I remember, like, I kept seeing signs that everybody had that were like, sign Kylan King. And I kept seeing those signs consistently, consistently. And and I hadn't met you yet at that point. Uh, you know, in that point, I hadn't really met you yet. But I, you know, knew of you, etc. But I do want to ask you about that because obviously like you mentioned there are people that want to see you sign you know they're their fans and they're rooting for you etc and but as I was thinking about this and I was going to ask you you know have there been any conversations in terms of like hey we're you know possibly thinking of signing you or what kind of you know critique or uh uh critique or like what kind of feedback are you getting back from people in AEW that are you know the decision
1: makers I mean I I get to to have conversations a lot with people and they're very happy with my progress and the things that I'm doing. Conversations of contract, no. Um, there, there were a couple moments where it looked like it might happen. Um, what happened since that moment where I felt that, I'm not sure. But at the end of the day, like the way I've always kept myself sane about it is you're learning, you're growing, and you're becoming a more powerful, your presence is becoming more powerful, you're becoming a more powerful wrestler and people are knowing you more and getting to care about you more and because of the time that you had at aw people are shifting their gaze to the other projects you're doing and so now places like capital championship wrestling mission pro coastal championship wrestling like all these places that i'm becoming a little bit more of a mainstay and 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 stamping my name on people are giving a crap about that now too which is really really cool so like i said like I know there's a lot of people there at AEW rooting for me, but I think right now it's just a matter of time. I just need to continue growing and doing my thing. And the world has a funny way of making full circles happen. So who knows? Like it could be, it could never happen. It could happen a year from now, six months, you never know. So right now, like I said, I'm just, any opportunity I can to work with them, I take them up on it because I always enjoy my time there. But ever since they started traveling on the road again, I've been trying to focus more on taking whatever kind of uh, momentum I was able to build there and just throwing it on the Indies and trying to create some history and stories there for myself.
0: And that's the thing too, is that, uh, you know, looking at this uh, from a person that you know watches wrestling and covers the stories etc I almost feel like the conversation around contracts is sort of changing I I, I almost feel like contracts for a, a good amount of people aren't necessarily the end goal anymore because I think people are seeing what you can do if you're not tied down to a specific place like hey you can go out and you can wrestle here you can wrestle there and there's so much that comes with that freedom that I think kind of uh, you know just really adds a lot of benefits. And you mentioned the growth. You mentioned getting to work with all of these women. And as you're going in there working with all these women who have their own different stories and their own different backgrounds, it's only even elevating you as a performer because you guys come from different worlds and you're meshing, you know, in together and, you know, doing what you do in the ring. So I do kind of like this whole thing of like you get to experience all of these uh, different worlds when you're not necessarily exclusive to just one place. But at the same time, you're also getting uh, this experience and whatnot. So I do see a lot of pros in that. And speaking of pros, uh, let's talk about Mission Pro because um, I've gotten now to work a couple of shows now. I love the shirt. And (laughs) Kylan, I got to tell you. So first of all, I was completely amazed coming in there and seeing a group of women uh, that were essentially all so positive and wanting to work with each other, excited Mm -hmm. to work with each other. And no one's walking around, you know, with a big ego or anything like that. So for me, that was like instantly like my uh, like my perception of what I was seeing there. And I think we, we got to work one show or two shows now together. I, I'm getting confused on how many shows. But instantly I was like, man, Kylan has such a cool vibe and a cool personality where I kind of felt like I needed to bring that up because I think that's one of the things that uh, I knew it's one of the things that drew me to you as a performer. So I kind of feel like that's something that fans connect with you as you come across as a very cool person. So with that being said, I want to ask you about your experience at Mission Pro and what that has been like for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, the first time I came to work for Mission Pro, I don't really think I knew, understood what they were trying to do. Like for me, I was like, yeah, it's just another booking. Um, but then when they brought me back the second time, that's when it hit me. I'm like, oh, they're starting, they're starting a revolution here. Like it's really, really cool because you have so many different types of women who have gone to different parts of the wrestling world and they've seen all the good and they've seen all the bad and they know they knew what they wanted for their locker room. They knew what they were willing to tolerate and what they weren't willing to tolerate. They knew what kind of stories mattered for them and what, like what things weren't necessarily necessary. So you have like all these different minds who, who, like I said, have experienced different things and because of that, and because they've come together to create Mission Pro, it creates like this whole new experience for an all-women's promotion that I don't think you've ever seen before. And I feel like every single time I go there, uh, it's always a good time when I go there, but I feel like every single time I go there, there's just something that gets elevated to the next level. Whether it's whether it's teeny tiny or it's a big step, like every single time I felt more fire more passion, more magic in the air between the wrestlers and the fans. And especially in the last few shows, the last few shows of 2021, there, there was like a history starting to be created within Mission Pro. Connections between certain wrestlers, feuds, um, disagreements, like things like that. And just like what Thunder and David Lagreca did for Mission Pro. Like there's just so many details that are being thrown into there. And then amongst all of that, you've just got some really cool badass women who are all about having a good time and putting on the best show possible. And I think that's such a wonderful mixture of things to have for a promotion. And now that like, now that mission pro has become even more prominent, like I just can't wait to see what other crazy things we do because I know just, just based off the talent that's in the locker room, I know that there are so many amazing opportunities to tell really, really good stories and, and just create very powerful images for women and for wrestling fans. And I can't wait to be a part of it.
0: I think one of the things for me that I like really enjoyed, and I want to talk to you about this too, is that Thunder Rosa, obviously, you know, you know, the face of mission pro and, you know, her team does so much her and her team does so so much right um but one of the things that i particularly liked was all these speeches that she gives and she gave one at the beginning of the show and one after the show and it was like i was listening to her talk and she has this very very like honest persona, no BS, you know, really just taught says it how it is. And I was sitting there and I was like, man, I feel like legitimately inspired here right now. And, you know, oh, yeah. I'm kind of looking around the room and everybody's listening very intensely and, you know, really connecting with her and what she has to say during these messages. So I kind of wanted to get an idea of, you know, what your relationship is like with Thunder Rosa and, you know, kind of just your uh, thoughts on, you know, what she has been able to accomplish, not just with her own career, but also with obviously with Michelle pro
1: the thing I love about thunder rosa is she is just whether she's laughing or she's being super super serious she's just pure like there's no there's no like hidden agenda she just wants to elevate every single person that she has whether she has a little bit of faith in you or all the faith in the world in you she wants to elevate and she wants she wants things to make sense. She wants things to be, you know, to grow. And, and I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here, but like, <laughs> there's just, there's just something about her where you just feel very empowered around her. And it's because she, she doesn't talk to, like she'll give you the business. Like if you're doing something stupid or, or you're acting a certain way, she lets you know, like, bro, that's not necessary. Like, calm down. Like, like, or if, you know, if you make a bad decision, she lets you know why it was a bad decision. And then she tells you how to fix it. But, like, she's very, very cool like that. And um, I know sometimes when I call matches, I, I, I tend to be a little overly creative sometimes. And sometimes I call a little bit too much. And she's one of the few opponents who's just looked at me and said, how about we don't call anything? And we just go out there and we have a good time. And, I, I, and like, I've done matches like that before. But it's very few in between where I have opponents that I can trustingly do that kind of stuff with. And so, like, the, the match that her and I had at uh, Ladies Night Out at Cade, we literally called nothing in that match. Nothing. And I had so much trust in her and just so much fun. And I knew that, like, we were just going to kill it. I was nervous as hell. Yeah, I, I can we imagine. Because she's just one of those people, you just trust her. And you just know that she's looking out for you. She has the best. Like, she was one of the first people who came up to me when I was at AEW and was like, bro, when are they going to give you a win? And I said... I don't know. I said, <laughs> I, said I'm, I just come and I do what I'm told. And she's like, she's like, my husband loves you. Like, she's just like, and then like not long after I met her, she's like, I need to bring you, or I need to bring you to mission pro. And then ever since my first time at mission pro, she's brought me back ever since. And, you know, she's gotten me a lot of opportunities, like, um, just all over the wrestling scene. Like she's always helping me out and put me over. And she, but it's not just me. She does that for a lot of different women because she's not out there. she, she How do I phrase this? She works hard enough that she knows that she'll be fine. Right. But she wants to make sure that everybody else understands how much work you need to put in to get to that level. So if you're not quite there yet, or maybe you are there, but nobody's taking notice of you yet, she pulls you in and she helps, again, elevate. She helps you grow and get to that point. A lot of of the progression that I've made is because of the faith that she had in me. So that's why I told him I said, ride or die, guys, you just tell me one and I'll always be there at Mission Pro to come help you guys out. Because truly her, Mel, Holiday, Brian, like all of them just I don't know what I did, but they like me, they have faith in me. And and that's the same for a lot of girls that are there at Mission Pro. And then I couldn't be more thankful to be a part of that family and to be uh to be able I always call thunder uh, my mama. I'm like, whenever I text, I'm like, What's up, mama? So I always tell her, I'm like, I'm like, I just know that like I can come to you about anything. Like when I, when I started doing more indie shows again, I was nervous. I was like, how much do I ask people for? Because I want to get booked, but I don't want to like be broke all the time. And she was just one of those people that I could always talk to about that. And I didn't have to worry about like, oh, she's going to go say this to somebody or whatnot. Like I knew she was just that shoulder I could I could go to.
0: That is so awesome. I love that. And it's funny because as I'm listening, I'm listening to you say it. I'm like, yep, true, 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 true. Um, So let's go ahead and talk about this because you are going to be at Mission Pro. We'll be at Mission Pro January 29th. Um, You know, title match network. You can definitely tune in and watch there. But you have a big matchup. You are defending your CCW title against Natalia Markova. Tell us what your thoughts are heading into this match and what people can expect from you, the match, the show, et cetera.
1: So here's the thing um this is a really big moment for me um as we alluded to earlier i really wanted to be to start getting my name involved in stories and firsts and history and this is one of the first first that i've gotten to have um being able to call myself the capital championship wrestling first ever capital championship wrestling is a huge honor and not only that but like I was talking to the promoter about where we're working a woman's promotion into an area that isn't quite used to women's wrestling yet. And I get to be a part of that too. So I'm bringing this title to Mission Pro to represent not only myself, we represent capital and to represent Mission Pro. And so I expect Natalia to bring me everything she's got because every single match that I have to defend this title, I want it to just elevate myself and women's wrestling to the next level each and every time. And the matches that I had to get this title were pretty darn good. So Natalia, you better bring it because I'm not holding back. We're going to go to war on January 29th.
0: I'm super excited. I'll be there calling that match. So I'll get to see the action firsthand. So Kylan, uh, my last and final question, and I'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, I do want to ask you 2022. We're at the first month of the year. What are your goals? What are your hopes? Your, your, you know, what you want to accomplish for
1: this year? all the titles all the titles i got two so far guys i got two i want more and i would like to travel uh i want to add more states to my list this year i think i'm somewhere between 13 and 15 states now nice so i would like to add more i've got a lot of return bookings but i'm hoping towards the end of the year we'll have a lot more out-of-state bookings i'm really excited this weekend i get to go to minnesota that's a first for me um yeah, I want to add more states. I want to add more titles. I want to make, I want to have some more firsts some and more, some more historical moments. Sorry, I'm studying, stuttering <laughs> over my words right now. Um, yeah, like, you know, like I'm 30 years old right now. So I'm not wasting any time. I want to make sure that every single match, every single promotion I go to, we leave a statement. And by the end of 2022, the whole damn world is going to know who Kylan King is.
0: I love it. Well, Kylan, thank you so much for doing this interview with me. Seriously. Um, feel free to plug in your social media accounts. And obviously I'm going to post all of the links in the description box below. But if you want to give yeah. plug
1: anything you want to plug in uh, tw- ooh, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram at, at Kylin King. I do have a Facebook uh, Kylan King as well. Um, if you're looking for merch, but I don't have what you need at my shows or you can't make it to my shows, you can go to fully I have t-shirts there um yeah fabulous well i'll (laughs) go
0: ahead and post all of those links in the description box below guys please make sure to give kylan some love i'm sure you guys are going to see so much more of her i want to thank her for taking so much of her time i told her this was going to be a 30 minute interview we've gone way past that so uh just thank you so much for doing this conversation with me guys please do not forget to give this video a like subscribe to the channel for more and we'll see you guys next time bye everybody